Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the Good News, here's Angie. Hey, friend, Angie Austin here with the Good News, along with Dr. Cheryl Lentz. And we are talking about the book, The Curiosity Theory, A Path from Conflict to Resolution by Martin Lopez. And Cheryl, welcome. You said you can't even put this uh, book down? No, it has been the most amazing thing. It's just this little, little easy read, like who moved my cheese? I think it's got maybe less than 80 some pages in there. And, you know, I always look for a new book. And because of uh, my schedule this week, I picked this one up last night and I literally can't put it down and I need to. I'm already halfway through it. And it's hysterically funny. But, you know, we've been talking about conflict and, you know, I'm a critical thinking professor. And so I love the whole idea of curiosity. That's what the um, I've had this book for about six months, but that's what jumped off the page. I pull it's like, all right, so what is this curiosity thing? And it's all about emotional intelligence, which is really about what I'm talking about at my keynote tomorrow night. And so the ability, but it's very simple of looking at how do we look forward or how do we dissect our needs and how do we discern fact from story? What do we know versus what do we think we know? And what's the story we're telling ourselves based on what we think we know? Because emotional intelligence, Dan Goldman's work, we've talked about that, the EQ, is the ability to be self-aware of needs and feelings you can clearly communicate to them. But we are lousy communicators because we're like, you know, that that woman who gets really mad at her husband, she's like, oh, well, you know why I'm mad. It's like, well, what if he doesn't and he's clueless and that doesn't serve things? What if oh, you're getting I, I know so many wives think the husbands can read their minds and I love it when they're like, is everything okay? I'm I'm fine. Exactly. I've got a friend of mine that I'm going, he says, I'm all good. And I'm like, yeah, you're not. Anything you tell me, it's just like anything, because that's his go-to phrase. And I'm like, all right, what's wrong? He goes, how do you know that? I'm like, it's your towel, your poker towel, right? I'm like going, yeah, you're anything but, pal. I get it. You know, I'm pretty sure I can read between the lines too. Now, I don't know what to do about it. That's where my hiccup is. I can diagnose it. So I'm halfway through what the book says I shouldn't be able to do and I can't. But I'm going, all right, so now that he said that, what the heck do I do about it? therein lies where the problem is because we make assumptions remember the guy will come and try and fix our problem and i know i'm being stereotypical but you know the woman gets all you know irate about something and i'm being gender right now and the guy will try and fix it well what if we just sat there and we listened to the clues so we could ask the questions hence the curiosity do a little bit more investigation then we're like ah i know exactly what's wrong and then you know how to be able to fix it and his contention is most of the times we just want to make sure that somebody was paying attention to us they noticed those details and i know with my friend it's just like he goes you pick up on things most people don't yes so i'm halfway there angie yay i get a gold star the problem is is i don't always know what to do about what i've discovered (laughs) okay so um chapter two Uh, he talks about the first time he used curiosity on purpose. So uh, I'm still kind of wrapping my head around what this curiosity theory is and how you go from conflict to not being in conflict. So uh, let's let's start there. What what is he talking about when he says the first time I used curiosity on purpose? Well, he was trying to be able to figure out how can you tell a story in seven words or less? So he was able to... um, 
talk to pick up on a story from Ernest Hemingway. And I'm going to read you exactly what the brilliant novelist wrote. Six words for sale, baby shoes, never used. Think about in six words how much communication is potentially communicated in those six words and the assumptions you just, you just made. Mm-hmm. What are the questions that were in there? Well, what about the shoes? What about the baby? How come they were never used? I mean, the whole idea of having that inquisitiveness instead of automatically going, oh, my gosh, the baby died. No, you don't know anything about it. Maybe the shoes are too big. Maybe grandma bought an extra pair. Or maybe, you know, all kinds of things. But the curiosity is what got the story. And he's trying to make a point of how much that we know very little and we automatically jump to telling the story thinking we assume it all. And he goes, yeah, no, that's not the point. So the point is, look at what you know. You know, shoes are for sale. They're for a baby. They've never been used. That's it. Everything else is conjecture. Everything else is assumption, speculation, and a story. So so when we talk about how to go from conflict to resolution, then what's the next part of that? So baby shoes... You know, uh, for sale, baby shoes never used. Then what's next? The asking the questions. Is okay. The ability to be able to say, it's like, all right, what do we know? Facts. Dink, dink, dink. What don't we know? What could be? I mean, the examples he gives in the story are amazingly simple and amazing com- complex at the same time. He's looking at the ability of what we would teach a three-year-old as a parent. Use your words. Don't scream. Don't cry. Don't throw a a holy tantrum because we can't always assume we know what that tantrum means. So what mom did is like, well, you have to go potty. Are you sick? Are you have a fever? Are you hungry? The minute she said hungry, the child's disposition changed and he smiled because she hit it right on the moment. How cool is that when the wife finally hears her husband? Oh, so you were paying attention. You know why I'm mad. I told you, you knew, you know, that sarcastic kind of thing. What if we were just able to say, I feel hurt. I feel sad. I feel hungry like that three year old and just put it out there as opposed to playing the games we often do. Well, you know why I'm mad, you know, <laughs> you know, one, so simple. one of the people, um, you know, who are be- backing his book, giving him a positive write up, Dennis Waitley. He's the author of The Psychology of Winning. This kind of makes sense to me. It says the curiosity theory provides a positive and productive framework to better manage our personal and our professional encounters, interactions with people. Too often we simply react with without fully understanding a situation or fully grasping potential outcomes through an engaging and well-written combination of humor, insights, and wisdom. He's developed a powerful and practical tool to help us lead more purposeful and fulfilling lives. So is Martin Lopez in this book, The Curiosity Theory, is he just teaching us to have better relationships and better understanding and to ask questions rather than just jump to conclusions? Because I think so often we're wrong about what we think someone else is thinking or what we think they want. Oh, absolutely. And I will give you an example in there. I had a friend of mine um, that I hadn't heard from all weekend, which was really bizarre because I had been um, working on this project and we communicated every single day, every single day, every saying sometimes for hours a day. And then suddenly radio silence. Now, this is the story I told. Suddenly, Cheryl's insecurities are coming out. Uh-oh, what did I do? Is he mad at me? Did I say something wrong? Did, I mean, a million and one things, you know, a girl will come to, particularly with a guy she's interested in. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, suddenly I don't hear from him for three days. And I'm worried. It had nothing to do with me. But I assumed that it did because I don't do well with silence. It's one of my character flaws. I don't care if it's in business. I don't care if it's family. I don't care if it's dating. I don't care if it's my dog. 
I don't do well because then the stories in my head, the voices start, right, of all the insecurities that go, oh, I must have pissed him off. I must have done this. I must have. You know, even with uh, my Japanese foreign exchange student, we have to have a hard time because he will not understand the different meanings that we Americans will have and have 12 words to say something in his mind is the same thing, but it's not the same thing. So I think it's that curiosity we have to look at is not be vague, but specific. Oh, well, you know why I'm mad. No, tell me. I'm mad because you didn't talk to me for three days. I didn't know you'd be upset by that. Oh, you didn't? I thought it was odd that we talked every day for a month and suddenly I don't hear you for three days. And now I'm going, what? Speculation every girl might go to, you know? And I tried very hard not to go there so that I wouldn't be the drama queen. And I didn't, at least not externally. And so I found out last night he just wasn't feeling well and he just didn't communicate. It's like, why don't you just tell me you were sick? I wouldn't have had all that stress all weekend because he didn't talk to me. He was sick. Didn't feel like calling. I'm like, really? You couldn't just tell me I'm, you're sick? I mean, how or simple. Or shoot a text. Exactly. Yeah. Well, hold on. I mean, even if you're dying, you can lean over and go, sick. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so notice the facts. This is what Martin's whole point is. Facts were no communication. It could have meant anything. It could have meant he was in Rio. Could have meant, you know, he was dead. Could have meant a variety of things. But all Martin is saying is all we know is he just hasn't said anything. Until you get more information, don't go off the rails. Like I was trying very hard not to do. <laughs> well, and I think this whole curiosity theory of the book, I think that a lot of people like you asking a lot of questions, as long as it doesn't seem rude or delving or doesn't, you know, uh, cross the boundaries that you have uh, in terms of asking someone questions if you haven't known them that long, you know, so just uh, to... Appropriate things that you have to weigh the, the chemicals of the relationships. You and I have a, a relationship that's developed over years that we can talk about certain things. We could have never talked about the first week and yes. weeks, months that we were together because we just yes. didn't have that kind of rapport. And I'm actually talking about that at a networking session tomorrow because I've got a two session tomorrow at the at the conference. And part of that is the idea of networking is I think we need to we go there too quickly, too fast. And then we wonder why it blows up in our face because that personal space, that personal relationship boundaries, we need to know how far those boundaries can be. And sometimes they aren't what we think they are. So what's the solution? Ask. You know, maybe what have we said that when I have my conflict, and I tell my students going, how honest do you want me to be when they ask my opinion? I give them that hesitation to be able to say, you know, probably not going to be what you think the answer you're hoping for. Because most people, when they ask your opinion, they really want theirs. They want a confirmation of something. And if you really want my honesty, some friends need to be a little bit more direct. Some of us might consider it brutal. Some mm -hmm. of us might consider the best gift we've ever had for someone to actually tell you, yeah, you know, that outfit you're in really sucks. You need to change before you embarrass yourself as opposed to letting you go out in public dress like that because they don't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> I would rather have a friend be honest with me and say, you know, that really does, isn't your best work. Oh, and my then, gosh. My husband, Dave and I said, what are you wearing? And it was exactly. these pants that were like real flowy with flowers on them. And then he's just like, mm, no, it's just like <laughs> not that he is, you know, a genius when it comes to fashion. All right, I have a question about uh, the author. He talks about uh, the first time that he got into a fight by accident. And so he's talking about in junior high and his two buddies, there's the three of them hung out together and that his two buddies were throwing punches in the lunchroom and he got in the middle of them and said, you know, guys, you know, stop. Uh, what was that all about? Well, it's kind of funny where we find ourselves is in there is like you had initially said, we reactive, right? So two friends are fighting. He doesn't know exactly what to do. So his reaction is to stop it. And after that, he's like, well, crap, what do I do now? And so he said he had three options, you know, put up, shut up 
or be able to find another way. And so what he did is when he stepped in the middle, he was expecting his friend to punch him. And instead, all he asked his friend was, why are we fighting? Mm-hmm. And the guy stopped in the moment. The adrenaline stopped. He kind of turned the off switch. He goes, I don't know. My fight's not with you. And so that's what gave him the ability in the moment to be able to ask a question of going, well, I know you're going to fight. Oftentimes it's a reactive thing. Punches are thrown. Nobody cares. You get that whole group mentality. He's like, no, I stopped it because I didn't want to get hurt. (laughs) And I just asked, I was like, I don't know why you and I are fighting here. He goes, you're right. My fight isn't with you. And that stopped somebody in their tracks to be able to, in that instant moment when they were going to be reactive, to take a moment to say, oh. Yeah, let me pause for a minute. Um, yeah, I'm not fighting with you, so let me rescind that punch I was about to break your nose with. Oh, that's funny. So. Yeah, definitely that. Um, and I, I love the idea, too, in communicating that you throw kind of a joke in there or a little bit of a loop in there or whatever, and that can really stop things as well with humor. Okay, we've got about a minute left. What's your takeaway? I think the idea is looking at this is to take a moment before you react. My dad, and I've said this before, trained his kids to whenever there was bad news or there was a conflict coming to tell him twice. The first time he would have the typical reactive, oh my God, you did work with the car. Go to your room, young lady, and think about what you did. Me going to my room wasn't just for me. It was for my dad to be able to calm down, get close of his senses, to be able to think about the situation rationally, then call me back down, and then tell me how it was going to be and whatever punishment and the rest of it. So he could choose. That's the point. Choose to be our father. I love that. That, I think, is that where we need to do is not to react, but to take that split second. What are we doing here? Take, a, take inventory and then make a different choice that might have the ability to live to fight another day. And I think that's really valiant and courageous communication. And again, that's the Curiosity Theory, A Path from Conflict to Resolution by Barton Lopez. It's a great deal on uh, Amazon. All right, your website, Cheryl? DrCherylLentz.com. DrCherylLentz.com. And you can find me at AngieAustin.org if you have any questions about Cheryl. She helps people write books. She's a professor. She is a musician. She is a speaker. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to the good news. When you shop at your local ARC, your hard-earned money directly supports individuals with disabilities. 80% of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities are unemployed. At ARC thrift stores, approximately 20% of their employees are individuals with intellectual or developmental disabilities. ARC Thrift is one of Colorado's most prominent employers for people with disabilities. They provide extra support for their employees, allowing them to decide how they live, learn, and work through the ARC Ambassadors program. The program provides a community for employees with disabilities where they create lasting friendships. ARC Thrift Ambassadors attend social events throughout the year. ARC is a company that lives and breathes its mission of going above and beyond to create a space of inclusivity, morale, and culture. Shop at an ARC thrift store near you. Find your nearest location at arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Commerce City, you're listening to the mighty 670 KLTT.
Hey there, friend. Angie Austin here with the good news. Starting with some good news. You know, the dress code at the uh, middle school and high school hasn't really been reinforced since my kids have been attending those schools. And this year at the middle school, they are making sure the kids don't wear skimpy shorts with their booties hanging out and crop tops showing their stomach. So they're having to make calls to the parents. Well, my daughter plays basketball. She normally wears kind of baggy clothes and a lot of basketball stuff, baggy shirts, etc. Uh, so this uh, last week, she wore a crop top. It showed about an inch of her stomach. So the dean called me, left a message. I called back, talked to the receptionist and said, you know, thank you guys so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. She said, what? A lot of parents are upset about it. And I said, not me. I think we should have a dress code at a middle school where not, they're not showing all their body parts. You know, some you're studying. You're like in school. So she said, oh, please leave the dean a message. I left the dean a message and said, thank you for doing this. She called back and said, you made my day. So many parents are mad about this. And they said their kids can wear whatever they want. And I just feel like our kids need to know what's acceptable. I didn't know my kid wore a crop prop that day. And I said, don't you ever do it again. You can wear that, you know, some other time, but not, it's not a nightclub. It's a learning environment. Oh, so there's my good news for the day. But my interview is here. So Changing Gears, a major tech and communication company, is celebrating small business days this September right now by releasing a revealing new survey about the concerns of small and mid-sized business owners. Joining us today in this sponsored interview is small business expert and Verizon Vice President Dave Hickey, here with the newest findings from Verizon Small Business Survey. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the survey highlights and what it's you know saying about the tenor of small and medium-sized businesses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, here's what we found so far. Small business owners are not surprisingly having overall concerns regarding the economy and really how that downturn can hinder their business. And I'd say cheap among those concerns is inflation. Uh, nearly four in five of respondents to the survey said that their business has experienced increased costs in the past year. And these conditions have caused close to half to say that their sales are declining and almost 30% withdrew from their cash reserves during Whoa. the past year. With all that said, yeah, which is, which is a big one. With all that said, they did say, though, that they remain upbeat as more than half expect their business to do better in the next year than it did this year as well. So continued growth out of the, <clears throat> excuse me, out of the pandemic as well. All right. So inflation, definitely. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's kind of shocking to me. Have you noticed it? Like when you're out, you're just buying things, you know, here and there. And you're like, wow, that's like so much more than it used to be. Like it's just like sometimes it just takes me by surprise. It really does. Like your dollar. Uh, think about what your dollar used to do. And it's definitely a different world than we are. And I would say um, small businesses feel the exact same way. And so what they're doing, why we think about our money going, they're raising their prices. 62% yeah. said they are, and they're looking to trim, you know, non-essential spending. And so interestingly enough, though, as they do that raise prices, look at non-essential spending, they're investing in technology, and they're really remaining bullish there. They're cutting in areas such as, like, operational investments and employee events, and then small business owners are remaining, I'd say, incredibly resilient during these times as well. 77% saying that their business is more prepared to handle an economic challenge because of the lessons learned during COVID as well. So I think they're cutting, but they're learning how to make their dollar go. And then obviously that's hitting the, uh, the bottom line. Yeah, and they certainly can't uh, cut much right now on, on uh, employees. I was just noticing just, you know, some regular old restaurant I was in, fast food, and I was shocked by how much they pay. So uh, uh, the technology investments, I can see how valuable that would be, especially post-COVID, because we got so 
dependent on the technology. Like the way that I shop and do business with small and large businesses has completely uh, changed. So let's talk about some of those top trends and challenges that your survey found. Yeah, exactly what you just said, Angie. They are driving towards digitization. And, and the majority of the respondents said that the business has added or upgraded their internet connection to a high-speed or high-capacity plan in the past mm-hmm. year, and that's not a surprise either. But what I look at this is that's clearly defining there's an increase uh, in technology adoption. And it, with that, there's some concerns that come from them as well, cybersecurity, right? Mm-hmm. The results that we hear from them every single day, and especially on this survey, over half of the businesses felt that they were exposed to either viruses, malware, password theft, spam, phishing. And we know like when someone gets exposed to those, especially in the small business world, they traditionally go out of business in a few years. And so it's a tough one. We're making sure that they're really primed for that. The areas where we're seeing their interest right now is for business customers. It ranges from business internet offerings you know, from uh, um, how they get speed of internet, the different types they're looking for, and also one-talk cloud-based phone systems so that they can offer their connection to their employees, whether that be in the office or virtually as we are in that new environment. And then I would say the last thing that they're really looking at is technology speed. So seeing how 5G can use and do different things within their business, ultra-wideband networks to create new experiences and to really drive employee efficiency and customer engagement. You know, and I, I would say, I, I, I guess my husband has a small to medium-sized business, but if you don't have like an app for the phone or you don't have an easily uh, navigatable um, website that you can do, uh, you know, from a phone, people are doing business from their phones. I mean, I do my job from my phone almost exclusively, except obviously this part, but, you know, in terms of, you know, emails and, um, you know, scheduling uh, interviews and, you know, feedback and my website where people email me. And if you don't have a decent website, plus, I mean, I have to be honest with you, Dave, it just makes you look bush league if you have some crummy site or, you know, you don't have an app and you're a decent sized business. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, connectivity in whatever way the consumer wants is what we need, and we've got to make sure we apply that. And I would say uh, technology is the key to retaining customers as well as growing new customers, as you talked about. Considering the fact that nearly half of these technology additions made by small businesses were to drive new customers, right? How do I get new revenue sources? And that involves communicating better. And that is through apps, through websites, through different products. And we've seen that really take off. And consistent with our previous surveys, we've really seen the past years have been primed for technology advancements, with nearly 60% of respondents seeing that their business has leveraged digital tools and technologies to create new opportunities to make money over the past two years. And I would say the other part is we're just seeing how customers' behaviors change. You talked about it. You shop differently. I shop differently. And so do their customers. And the, I would say nearly half of them began offering new products and services to adapt to those changing needs. And these, these things have changed how they take business. They take everything from how they do contactless payment, remote work, collaboration, new e-commerce opportunities. So the list keeps going on and on is how they're really diversifying how they work with our customers. Oh my gosh, if I don't get it delivered to the curb, Dave, then I have to run in and maybe get a few things. I check myself out by scanning my own products as I throw them in the cart. I just scan it. My kid's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm checking out. And then we just walk out and show them a code. Oh, and the same thing, the tech with hiring, um, that fast food place I was in, you could scan a... um, uh, whatever that little you know symbol is, you can scan it, and then you get 
uh, your your application pops right up, and then they had cards you could take that also you could scan, and the application pops right up. Now, if my kid can't handle that, you know, to fill out an application, that makes that's talk about simplified. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, the, the QR code is what. You're yes, really thank you. Thank you. I'm old, Dave. I'm old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's people or menus, you can get everything you want there. And our delivery drivers are now on our Christmas card list. Oh uh, as we see them too, so frequently. But Me I would too. say, when you think about what, uh, what the, right? Yeah, that's where they're at. It's what the great part is. We love those guys. They're amazing. Um, you're, I would say small businesses are concerned about how they talk to their customers but really some, uh, you know, when they, how they can get them product. You said it, I want the, I order, I want it now. And uh, they're concerned with that. They're concerned about supply chain and, you know, impacting their sales, especially as we go into this holiday uh, time. And 35% were concerned about kind of the economic hardships and inflation impacting holiday sales. So are customers going to spend at the rate they need them to? I would say the last part is, they're really looking at, despite those pricing pressures and sales concerns, more than a third of small business owners are worried about being adequately stacked. And so you've seen it, the hiring now, please be patient, all those things across the country. Um, and so they're wanting to make sure they've got the best products, best services, get it to you as quickly as they can, but do they have the people in there to serve you? Now, in terms of you're talking about holidays, any predictions? I mean, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, there's six of us in the household and I've got three teens. So that is a huge spending, you know, time for me. And they they order now off their phones. I mean, they're in middle school and high school and they do a lot of ordering themselves if they're given money now. I don't even have to hassle with placing the order for them. So uh, obviously they're hoping we spend a lot. Any other uh, insight in the survey about holidays? Yeah, just mainly around do the new product offerings that they are investing in that those mm-hmm. will take off. Can supply chain meet the demand? Oh yeah, um, absolutely is a big one. And also, can the uh, will those will the supply supply chain meet demand? Are customers going to come in? Are they going to come in? Consumer spending in stores, consumer spending in in the businesses. Are they going to do that at the rate they need them to based on their investment? That's yeah, and, what we heard the most in the survey. Yeah, and Dave, that supply chain deal is no joke. We went to get a refrigerator and with a family of six with the three teams, you can imagine how much we use our refrigerator. So it's broken, has been for two weeks. We ordered one. They said one would take six months or the other would take three weeks. It's in town, three weeks to deliver because they've got such a backup. Well, obviously you have to go with the three week one, even though I wanted the six month one. I mean, so you make decisions based on the supply chain just because you have to have it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Supply chain is really made the, um, I would say how you choose your product lineup differently than probably would have done in the past. And also negotiating with small businesses is different because it is what it is. You're going to pay that price because you're going to need it now. Well, Dave, before I get the website for more info, I just want to give you a personal, I guess this would be testimonial for, you're not going to like how I did it though, for Verizon. Okay. I was with Verizon for 20 years and then I switched or maybe a year ago. And I am telling you, it was not a good decision, but I am the best person uh, to assess that because we've also traveled a lot and been in one situation where we didn't have, um, I've never with Verizon, I always had cell phone coverage. I never worried about not having coverage basically anywhere I went. Anyway, we were 66 miles from the nearest town and I could, I couldn't get a call. I had to move around to like even try to call 911. So uh, I can personally testify that I can't name the other business, but that uh, Verizon was much better and I never had a problem. So Give us the website for people to go to. Yeah. 
Oh, thank you for saying the network does matter is what you just said. Yes. We, uh, we tout that from the rooftops and right. And as you think about this 5G game that we're in today, we're yeah. continuing to enhance and invest in that, bring internet coverage to everywhere as well as connectivity like you talked about. So thank you for being that great testimony. And when people believe that they're running, they run back and we yeah. love it when we hear like that. I would say if they're interested in any of the information, we've got September days, uh, business days going on right now through the 14th, which offers big discounts on your everyday products, clearly the devices that are launching everywhere, and then business internet offerings and our one-talk voice over IP solutions. And they can get there by www.verizon.com forward slash business. Verizon.com forward slash business. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM670 KLTT. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.